0: Radio.
1: Well, we're doing the trifecta today. We started in Pittsburgh with a nice uh, ear, nose, and throat specialist, Greg Roscoe. We completed in Oakland with Sports Talk Saturdays, Bruce Kissinger, and now we get to the one that,
0: you know, a lot of people have been waiting
1: for, too, across the board, the Standing Above the Crowd podcast, hosted by my good friend, a brother, a mentor, James Donaldson, live from Seattle, Washington, yours truly, Mark Mancini, producing it. 347-205-9631. You can get the archive version on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mancini Sports Podcast Platforms, wherever you subscribe to, powered by Mancini Media. So without further ado, let me lay that red carpet down, put that podium in its place, hand off the mic. First of all, James, how are you? Second of all, how can people get a hold of you? Third of all, you've got the 74 World Series champ Billy North in here today, and I am excited.
0: Yeah, thank you so much, uh, Mark. It is great to be here. Another beautiful, blessed day, and I'm just happy to uh, be able to partake in the podcast. And and another in in the line of great guests that we've been putting together week after week after week. Uh, It's just been fabulous so far. Uh, I'm James Donaldson. This is Standing Above the Crowd with James Donaldson. And you can, and I encourage you to reach out and touch base with me anytime at jamesd at standingabovethecrowd.com. That's a direct email, comes directly to me, and I get right back to you. Uh, I would love to hear from you, some of your thoughts on the show, some of your thoughts of upcoming guests, potential guests, and just be able to keep on making this a great, uh, high-quality podcast that everybody can enjoy uh, as we talk about this show is all about being on the positive side of things and overcoming adversities and just really pushing yourself to be the very best you can be. All of our guests have been that way so far uh, all of them have excelled on the playing field or the or the basketball court or what have you, but even more importantly, they've been really, really quality people in in the game of life after The game of sports that they played so well. Uh, My guest today, without any further ado, is uh, is a former Major League Baseball player, a stolen base leader, a World Series champion, Billy North. uh, From most of us know him from the Oakland A's, but he started out with the Chicago White Sox or Chicago Cubs, excuse me, Chicago Cubs, Oakland A's played with the Dodgers, and also wrapped up with the Giants, San Francisco Giants. Billy, I want to welcome you onto our show, and uh, just introduce yourself a little bit, and uh, say hello to all the folks for us, please.
2: Hey, how are you? Thanks, James, for having me on. I'm uh, a Francis is Simon North's baby boy, mm. and uh And James and I go to the same church, Yes, (laughs) which I was (laughs) raised in, Uh, uh, but we see each other around town once in a while. Now that he's moved to my favorite town uh, over in uh,
0: Ellensburg, we're looking forward to getting together over there sometime. That's right. Tell the folks why Ellensburg is one of your favorite towns.
2: Ellensburg is one of my favorite towns because I could hit there. It's a college <laughs> town. Uh, Central Washington. It was Central Washington State College back then. But the uh, University of Washington and Washington State and all of these other little colleges around here, pitchers kept throwing the ball down the middle of the plate. Mm. So – and what you're supposed to do with gun down the middle of the plate is hit it, and so I did. I was I I became a first uh, team All American over there,
0: my junior wow. year, and signed to play Wonderful. baseball. Wonderful. <laughs> did you play other sports as well? You you look very athletic all through the years. Oh yeah,
2: they were trying to
0: get me to wrestle.
2: They were trying Ooh. to get me to play football. But
0: I played a little bit of basketball and baseball over there. Wow, all around. All around athlete. That's wonderful. Wonderful. Well, well, well you, a ball, uh, go go ahead. I'm sorry. I was gonna say, why why don't you give everyone a little insight to how you got drafted into the major leagues, what round did you come in? Uh what was your <laughs> first team first team experience like? We know you made your mark with the A's, but you started out with the Cubs. Uh, how was that experience? Well, the Cubs,
2: it was, uh, uh, they drafted me. I, I hit four seventy six my junior year at Central and was supposed to be one of the first five picks in the nation until they found out I had a white girlfriend and was oh. president of the Black Student Union. I got drafted in a 12th-round, 243rd-player pick. But I was in the big leagues by the time it would have took
0: one of those first shots. God,
2: is good. Wow. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah, we know that. That's right. Well, that's overcoming adversity right there, and that, that's what this show is all about. So even in the face of obstacles and, and different barriers and people putting restrictions on us, we still figure out a way to survive and to thrive, and that's really wonderful to hear. Um, mm-hmm. you went i on got to one the more order- to that. Can I? You go ahead, yo. we got plenty of time. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, uh, when I was 18,
2: we were playing ball in Canada, and I got leading off second base, and I went back to the base, and the pitcher had made a motion, and I got hit in the eye with a baseball.
0: Mm-hmm. And I was
2: blind my whole career in one eye.
0: No. I thought that would be
2: as far as adversity.
0: (laughs) Mm. I I Uh, didn't know that. I don't know if anybody knew that about you. Wow.
1: Yeah, I just started telling
0: the story. Yeah. You were literally blind in one eye. Which eye? My right eye.
2: It has holes in it. It damaged the back of the eye. And when I look at a field of vision, I got holes, black holes in it. But I can see I can see color and and all of that
0: and peripherally. Yeah! Wow, that is something. And to go on and have, you know, a nice long career as you did in spite of that—that that, that is just fantastic! Wow. Well, good for you. Good for you. Uh, yeah. Hey, one of our first questions that came in, uh, Daryl from Sausalito, California. He's asking about the open AIDS of the nineteen seventies. Cheap Charlie Finley uh, how was it to play for, how was it to play for Charlie, and how was it to play uh for Billy as well Billy martin? I did not play for Billy Martin that would not have
2: worked
1: <laughs> okay
2: <laughs> uh, uh Charlie was okay. cheap mm-hmm. but uh he never he didn't bother me too much. You know, he, and the bad part about it: eight of us were going to be free agents, and he could assign us all for a total of thirty-nine thousand dollars. He had to, you know, eight players. Out of those eight, he gave me the money I wanted.
0: The rest, okay,
2: became, seven became millionaires because they went oh, free no. agents. <laughs> I
0: <don't.
2: laughs> I got stories to tell. <laughs>
0: Look, looking back on it, <laughs> you you should have went three agent. <laughs> <engine. laughs> well, he gave me the, I
2: asked him for a particular amount of money, and he gave it to me. And the mother seven, and then shoot, most of them were in the starting lineup.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. No. Notorious for not signing free agents and just letting them rotate through and move on to other teams. Uh, oh, yeah. but that's how he did it. He but, you
2: know, back so, in those days,
0: he wasn't like that so much back in those days. Because okay, but, good but the A's were always contending and having very good teams. Um, here's another question from Harris from Peoria, Illinois. Uh, he's talking about your A's beat his Dodgers in the 74 World Series. Uh, Gene Tennis, Raleigh Fingers, Bert Campanaris, Uh What a team they had. So, uh, But, yeah, you had some powerhouse teams back in I grew up in Sacramento, so I watched the A's all the time, and the Giants from Sacramento when I was growing up. And uh, those are great teams, I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's another question for you. Uh, Albert from uh, Poway, California. He's asking, who was the better team of the 70s? The Reds of 76 were awfully tough. The Dodgers, the Pirates, the Phillies, the Yankees, the Orioles, and the A's. Uh, who do you think were some of, one of the best team of those teams that he listed?
2: The Oakland A's. If we, had okay. played, if we, If we had played on the East Coast, Boston or New York, they'd be calling us one of the greatest teams of all time.
0: Mm. Yeah, with the media coverage and all that. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so that, that's that's that, be, that's that small market. That's that small market effect.
2: We could have we won more gate and more World Series if he hadn't had started to dismantle the team. He got we. Got rid of one of the best utility men in the game. His name was Teddy Cuvier. and Teddy Mm. could—I mean—he could fill in everywhere, and that—and he knew he wouldn't. You know, back in those days, if you pinch it, somebody's got to play it, and he could come in and play. And Mm. and when he did that
0: right there, he started dismantling the machine. Mm Hmm. Wow. Now you know, back in the day. I mean, uh, stealing bases, I mean, that was a specialty of yours and uh, Ricky Henderson a little bit, uh, well, a lot, a lot bit, uh, Lou Brock, and all, all those great base runners. Uh, but the game doesn't seem to have those kind of great base stealers anymore. What, what has happened? What has changed with the game today? Well, that's why you don't want
2: to go and see it. <laughs> they, they don't do the, they don't do the same things back then the game is a game of statistics at statistical analysis and you know they put six guys on one side of the field yeah you know, and and that's not good for you good for i mean visually it's not good for you uh, yeah, they want to see <laughs> they want to see uh-huh. bases and all that, but now the game has changed to the point with the statistics, a lot of it uh, uh, goes away. They mm-hmm. they have statistically in their minds proven that home runs and uh, uh, are are important, and uh, uh, strikeouts aren't that big a deal. Mm. And, and they actually teach these kids. You've heard all that stuff about light and Shangle and all of that kind of thing that they talk yeah. about now. That's what they're doing. They're teaching these kids to swing goats. When they swing, to swing up through the strike okay. zone. I come from an era down, through, and out. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: and these guys okay. are
2: trying to lift
0: the ball. That's got why it, they have so many strikeouts. Baseball went to that era of, of the big home run kings. So that came along and setting records year after year with home runs and, and the strikeouts, and they kind of got away. I mean, Ricky Henderson was still around with a lot of that, but they kind of got away mm-hmm. from the stolen so much. Well,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. They, you know, they're still waiting for the 3 round home run. Uh, <laughs> rather than rather than uh, uh, manufacturing the game.
0: You know, manufacturing.
2: Yeah. You don't ever
0: see you hit and run anymore. Right. No, no, you don't. You don't. Uh, and and you don't
2: see very many triples unless it's a guy that they play straight up. Okay? Yeah. But when they put their shiv on, you could, if you can bounce the ball in front of one of them guys, Cool, but they got they got an infielder there now, in the outfield, mm. and, right. and it's. I don't even like to watch it. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, I know the fans don't like to hear that, but it's 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 they've taken all the
0: talent out of the game. Yeah, yeah, you know I I kind of feel the same way about the NBA. The the game has changed so dramatically since I played. Uh, the three-point shot is all in vogue now, and the the back-to-the-basket big men and they no longer exist. And so it's really changed quite a bit as well.
2: They out there at three points. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell, tell me this, Billy. Uh, you know, you were a, a base-stealing extraordinaire, and uh, what is it? what is the technique that needs to be involved with still in the base? Is it all out speed or is it timing or is it spacing off the base? What is the technique?
2: There's a lot. you got to watch and you see, see proclivities, you know, mm-hmm. like some, they'll look over and then they won't look over again. Uh, mm-hmm. And a lot of them that happen because they're concentrating on the pitch they're going to throw. Oh, I mean, it's intricate. Uh, uh, That first step is uh, uh, generally backwards. Uh, uh, Henderson was, uh, yeah, I stole bases. And then this guy named Ricky Henderson came along. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And one of the greatest athletes I've ever seen in my life. He was, he could, uh, uh, Steal third base from the standstill, and usually you have to be moving. He, that's how okay. explosive. Yeah, he's a yeah. But pitchers, uh, uh, some some uh, uh, put the ball in a different. And when they stop, they put the ball in a different place. They don't, they don't know. Uh, uh, okay. But there, there's a lot of tips and stuff. But you got to see them first. You got to get to the base. Right, you know, but you watch, uh, you just, and then you get to be uh, uh, around the league for a while, and they're more afraid of you than they are of, than you are of them.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? The so
2: mentality to... of base stealer is when I get to first base, boy, are they in trouble? Okay, mm-hmm. because I can take two steps faking towards second base, the pitcher will duck, the catcher will be coming out, the shortstop will come across, and the second baseman will come to the bait, and the center fielder will be coming up. They're doing all these things, but the mentality of a base is, you just look at it and say, you can't stop me anyway.
0: Wow. Wow. Now, this this might obvious to baseball uh, serious baseball fans uh, which I'm really not a serious baseball fan but is it easier to steal a base off a lefty or a righty pitcher mm,
2: uh, right slow right handers but a uh, left hander you can see everything he does so okay. it's out there. And they cheat, they balk because you're supposed to when you pick up a left hander tries to go to first base, his foot is supposed to come directly towards the base, okay? Mm. And a lot of times it comes it ends up being 45 degrees, and okay. and, and you and, and, but that's when you yell balk, <laughs> yeah,
0: <Okay. laughs> but.
2: Um. <laughs> You, but you can see them But I'd rather steal off of a, a Right-hander actually
0: Okay, okay Now in your career you stole 395 bases uh, Now of course from First to second base is The traditional one, did you ever steal Second to third or third To home base as well? Mm,
2: I I could, I had a green light I could run whatever I wanted to But uh, uh with that comes responsibilities of, of hey never get throw, uh, thrown out at third base for the first or the last out in the inning. And if I was stealing on one of those, I better be running at ninety five percent.
0: Okay. Because you're already in scoring position. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Got it, got it. So mm-hmm. a lot of strategy, a lot of technique involved. It's not, it's not just go whenever you think you should go. It's, it's strategy and well, technique. It, you can't
2: just run like the chicken with your head cut off. Oh no, yeah. there's a lot of things that are involved in in running the bases and stealing bases. Mm-hmm. Most yeah. of all, don't make out. My job was to get the second base, get to first base, and get to second without giving up an out.
0: Mm. mm. Yeah, that's exactly right. So wow. Reggie and those guys could, could hit. Okay. Yeah, wow. that's exactly right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, did you have did you have like breakaway speed or speed or what kind of speed did you have? I was
2: more along the. Uh, uh, I would I I was uh quick out but I'd be accelerating. I was I was what they call a digger. Uh you know, mm. if you went back and watch my 13 steps before I slid, you would see they get lighter and lighter uh uh because I'm accelerating and I'm getting more to the top of the ground. Davey right. Lopes, and Ricky Henderson was like me was like me. It's, I mean, you know, he was power man,
0: straight yeah. power. And yeah, he I had, looked, uh, yeah. <laughs> I remember, I remember watching Vicky. He looked like a little fullback out there. <laughs> he was, he
2: was a running back and uh, had a uh, a scholarship Division One.
0: I. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, yeah, you can tell he he was built. He, he had like, muscles. On his legs, his arms—he was built. He is one of the—he is one
2: of the best athletes I've ever seen in
0: sports. He is hey, in another
2: crowd five.
0: Okay, yeah. yeah. Here's another question for us, Billy. Uh, uh, right. Denise from uh, San Francisco is asking. Uh, back in the day, Billy, uh, they were there were a lot of brawls. Were you ever in the, ever in one with your teammates on or off the field? and he wants us to keep up the great work here on this podcast. So were you ever involved with any kind of ball, uh, locker room brawls or on-the-field brawls? Every team I ever played on fought, mm.
2: And every now and then i get involved.
0: Mm. <laughs> wow. The 25
2: that's... guys, all of them uh, got Eagles. But some are bigger than others. Uh, um, yeah. But you know, uh, it's you know uh, uh, when you play basketball, you know being around them guys every day for seven months, something's gonna happen.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah especially now, when especially, especially if you're you lose it. You lose it. Stress, <laughs> finger pointing a little bit. That, that's right. That's right. He oh, wow. wow! Wow! Uh So I got some notes here. It says that you led the American League in steals in 1976 with 75 stolen bases, and, uh, and I think you led the league also another year, if I'm not mistaken. Where are my notes that's here? seventy four seventy four and seventy six
1: uh-huh.
0: uh, the the height, the pinnacle of your career uh, on a world championship team and all so man, fantastic, fantastic what what's life been like for you uh, after the game i mean what have you been doing the last several years up here in the Seattle area? Uh, I know you run the Francis B. North uh, Foundation. Uh, tell us a little bit about the work the foundation does and some of the things that you're involved with.
2: Well, we are we're restructuring it now to uh, uh, just call it the North Legacy Project. And mm-hmm. we're. Uh, I've got a number of friends uh, uh, that are working with me. i got a guy named Joey Rodolfo, who is uh, one of the top designers in the world. He ran Tommy Bahama for 10 years before. I mean, he's the one that brought brought that. He took the company up in 10 years, 900%. And he's he's, uh, uh, with us. And my daughter, Ashley, is a fashion stylist in Hollywood. She was, uh, I'm proud of her. She's uh, by Bazaar Magazine, voted one of the top five stylists in Hollywood for men. Mm -hmm. uh, She's been dressing Kevin Hart for about the last 10 years or more. Oh, Oh, yeah. And, uh, and, I mean, she's just just, Justin Bieber and LL Cool J and Jamie Foxx and a bunch of ushers. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So what we're doing, Is we're making it uh, a fashion and design. uh, uh, Well, let's see. That's going to be our emphasis. Okay. And and the legacy is, my mom was the first black woman to ever work on the floor at Nordstrom's. It was uh, Nordstrom's owned a store called Best Apparel, and Nordstrom's was a shoe store then. And then my daughter doing what she's doing. to generational legacy is what we're going at to help uh, uh, kids who who want to be creative. Help Wonderful. them be able to see. And you know, marginalized kids. It doesn't matter what color you are. If you mm-hmm. if you can't afford it, we'll help you. <laughs> and, and that. But it's been a it's been a labor of love. Uh You know, my my best friend from when I was a kid, his name was Joe Carter. And now he's yep. he used to live with me in California when I was playing, kept me out of trouble. Now he's Pastor Carter.
0: That's right. That's
2: right. My cousin did the same thing. My cousin Dave moved to California and, uh, uh, he uh, uh, is now called Pastor Dave because he's a okay. pastor. <laughs> but all of the foundation, we're we're going to have our website back up in the next month or so, and it's going to be uh, uh, hopefully as successful as, as as it has been
0: before. Yeah. Wonderful. I'll I'll keep an eye on it. I'll come for it. back uh, on and give you the information then. Great, great. Hey, we're going to wrap it about three minutes. Why don't you give us a couple of minutes of what's going on with this Major League lockout right now? Uh, the teams haven't been able to uh, do their spring training yet. What's going on with all that, and what, when is the end coming so they can get back to work?
2: It's a good question. The lockout has to do – I was in the first strike ever in 1972, and we locked down. And it was a hundred percent and uh uh now the only is, is it's to lock out okay mm. uh uh they're not let, letting the players uh come into camp, and it's a lot of it has to do with what's called the collective bargaining agreement and the c b t It's an intricate uh feature in the in the go, negotiation has to do with tax credits and uh and, okay. uh, uh which are essentially uh uh, uh salary uh tiers. Mm-hmm. and and the players also want they're treating older players bad now because they, there's no incentive to win because they sh the owner's sharing money. She had okay.
0: money
2: and the TV wow. contract is big now that they don't care. You know, so they'll just uh, uh, put a product out there that is less than the best. Uh, yeah. You can tell them player oriented. I tell them all the time. There ain't never been a player go in there and put a shotgun through that on his head to get that kind mm. of money. Uh, yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, they are. One of my best friends in the world is Dusty Baker. Yeah. And he's uh, he, he's in West Palm Beach now. He manages the Houston Astros. Uh, yes. He's, but they they still got the coaches working. I mean, he has to go in every day. and uh, mm. uh, But I, I don't – it's going to be – I think it's going to cut into the season. Because okay. Because uh, – the owners are being unusually uh uh um, well they always been that way. I ain't gonna tell that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <That's nice. laughs> but you know, good Lord willing it'll work out. Praise the praise the Lord,
0: yeah. I I'm hoping so. As usual it comes down to the big money and uh but hey, Billy, this yeah. has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for coming on board. Uh, all the best to you, your foundation, the great work you do in our community. And I just want to say go out and continue prospering and being what you've been. Uh, this is James Donald from Standing Above the Crowd podcast. You've been listening to myself and Billy North today. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you so much.
2: Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you.